Welcome to Ravel Radio. I'm your host, Kara Steinman, and I'm all about helping women entrepreneurs get connected. We live in a society that benefits from women being disconnected from ourselves and disconnected from each other, often at the expense of our financial, physical, and mental health. And that really pisses me off. I believe the key to dismantling those systems of oppression lies smack dab in the collective power of women. I've made it my mission to help remove the obstacles that keep us separate so we can join forces, build more wealth, and make a bigger impact together than we ever could alone. These are the conversations that will get us there. Who's coming with me? Samantha Burmeister is here on Ravel Radio. Thank you, my friend, for joining me. Hi, thank you. I'm stoked. Yeah, me too. I haven't talked to you in a while and it's fun to catch up. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I know everybody probably knows a little bit already, but tell them what's up. Yeah. So I am the founder and lead copywriter at Nomad Copy Agency. I always lead with that because I'm a nomad and a copywriter, and that's basically everything you need to know about me. Um, I home base out of Northern California as of about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, But for about six months out of the year, I'm traveling and running my copywriting business. Um, So yeah, that's probably a good baseline to start with, because I feel like when I start there, everyone's like, wait, you're going where? What are you doing? What's copywriting? So... (laughs) I know. I think it's so cool that you travel. I've always imagined that I would be able to travel and work wherever I want. And, um, and you do it really affordably too, right? I tried to. Yeah. Um, I started traveling when I was in college. So I think that was a good way to start traveling on a budget. Um, but yeah, typically the way that I keep it relatively affordable is first of all, like points typically cover my flights and I try to stay in places for one to three months at a time. So usually when you rent on Airbnb for a month, there'll be an automatic discount included. And then what I kind of try to do is just create a relationship with my uh, Airbnb host while I'm there or start shopping around once I get a better feel for where I want to be perhaps in that city. And then I just stay (laughs) when you're not staying in hotels and whatever. um, It can be just as comfortable, if not more comfortable than home, depending on where you go and you know what the amenities are and whatnot but I'm I don't know I'm trying to work so I'm not going to places that are uncomfortable and (laughs) that I don't want to be so yeah yeah so what are some of your favorite places that you've been I like a week ago got back from Bolivia I was there for a whole month and I rented a house with five friends and we just had a blast we were right in the Andes we would work all week and take these incredible weekend trips um last year I spent a month in Italy that was pretty cool it was on the Italian coast so like where Italians go to vacation more than where Americans go to vacation um so yeah just sipping wine on the Italian coast that sounds horrible (laughs) (laughs) and then as far as like affordability and just I'm a warm weather girl um so I love Southeast Asia like islands in Thailand where I can dive all day and then work all night because of the time difference is incredible. Oh, that sounds amazing. Take me with you. I need to go. <laughs> That's why gravel travel exists. I know, right? Well, it should be easier. My son's 17. He's almost 17. So that's kind of one of the things that has been keeping me really at home. And so in the next few years, I see myself venturing out more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, well, let's talk about copywriting now. Because yeah. a lot of people don't really understand how that works. Mm-hmm. And 
tell me, so tell me you've got a new program and I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear what it is and what prompted you to create it. And just tell us a little bit about copywriting. Yeah. So let's take a step back and talk about copywriting. So my like not funny joke is that everyone I write for knows how to write. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has an idea like you don't become an entrepreneur without some idea of the fact that you have to sell and emails and have a website and most people that I work with are actually really good writers to the point that I've worked with a ton of authors and lawyers and accountants like people who have had to write a lot to get to where they are and what they don't do well is write sales copy Like there's a lot that goes into that. There's mindset that comes with being confident to sell yourself. There's understanding sales psychology. There is the part where they're really stinking good at what they do, which means they get really in the weeds when they talk about it. So they're not speaking their client's language. They're speaking, they're speaking lawyer, they're speaking accountant, they're speaking whatever it is that they're brilliant at. So I work with these incredible people who then lean on me to help me translate their expertise into sales. Um, So that's kind of the foundation of copywriting is that like, yes, you can write your own website. You can write your sales emails. You can probably do a pretty darn good job. But if you don't have the confidence to do it or the time to do it because you're too busy being really good at what you're good at, um, then that's where I tend to come in. And with that, copywriting does get expensive. So the program that I recently created is called Copy On Demand, where people write their own copy, but then they get my stamp of approval, or what's more likely is I tell them what to change in order to get my stamp of approval. But what they do in the meantime is they become really good at writing their own copy. So they get even better at using their own messaging and talking about what they do and create really positive copywriting habits. So... That sounds amazing because I know that we all doubt everything we put out there usually, or maybe, maybe it's just me, but I'm always like, I don't know if that's very good. And then I need somebody to mirror back to me and say, no, actually that's really good. And then I'm like, okay, and maybe I need to work on validation. Who knows? Whatever. But what about the people who have like a difficult time even getting started or who Mm -hmm. have the mindset, like you mentioned the mindset stuff, like who, who are not going to be able to write something even descriptive and even remotely persuasive because they're not sure if what they have is valuable? Mm, Good question. Um, So what I also let my copy on demand people do is they can ask me to outline what they need in their copy. So they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, I want to start a new program for Ravel. What should, like, what emails do I even need to send to this audience? And I'll come back and I'll say, you need the first one to say X, Y, and Z. The second one to say A, B, and C, and the third one to say D, E, and F, and then they go write it, and then they come back to me, and they say, oh my gosh, I was thinking that I needed one email, or that I needed 10 emails, (laughs) that they should have said all of this other stuff, and, you know, I'm, I come from a really simple philosophy of, like, keeping things simple, and writing towards, I mean, nobody likes to hear this, but we all should be writing towards a third grade reading level, Mm -hmm. so a lot of people overcomplicate things and they come back to me and they're like, first of all, you saved me so much wasted time. (laughs) And second of all, I didn't even have to plan it. I just had to write it. 
So we are really good at overcomplicating things for ourselves. And before we hit record, you were mentioning blank page syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so you're, what you're saying, what I'm hearing is that you are also giving people kind of some guidelines so they don't get so overwhelmed doing things they don't actually have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I'm all about simple. 100%. I mean, I had somebody come to me recently. They were creating a new lead magnet and they wanted to talk about their landing page. And I was like, my dude, you don't need a landing page. You need like, it's an opt-in, right? It's a freebie. They don't, they don't need to know. I mean, like I'm, I'm loosely in the process of buying a house right now. And I'm just like high fact finders, right? Like if I need the facts before I spend a half a million dollars, I do not need several pages of facts before I spend zero (laughs) dollars. Before I download like a template. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just need to tell them what they're getting and why they need it. Keep it simple. Nice. Who do, who do you think you have been attracting to this program that you just launched? Like who are your ideal clients who kind of seem to need this the most? Cause other copywriters kind of might dig on this too. Right. I really thought that would be the case at first because I mean, so often, right. We create what we wish we had. Yeah. You and I were talking about that previously, like you know, we create the communities that we want. Um, I really, I was like, I hope a bunch of copywriters, I was like, I will only let people um, submit copy for their own business. So for example, a VA can't submit copy for one of their clients' businesses. Um, But I was like, I will make the exception for copywriters because it is our business to write copy for other people and no copywriters have joined yet. So hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm like, there. I thought that they would be a bit more of my target audience, and they haven't. Interesting. Been. Yeah. Um, but it has been. Let's see. I have a couple of OBMs, which, ah. um, for anyone listening, um, it's kind of like a really hyper specific VA. So like they would do more of the like business management, um, like a lot of the people management within a business as well. Mm. um versus it and they're typically more autonomous than task takers like yeah they're more like telling you what to do to be more efficient Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah they kind of run the people that they work for versus the other way around um so I have a few OBMs because a lot of the those individuals who joined have other programs or templates or guides or they're gonna start running a bundle soon or something where they have a lot of copy coming up um I had two elopement photographers join, which I thought was I've really never cool. even heard of that. Elopement. Yeah, so you had two separate elopement uh-huh. photographers. Yeah. And I've I've like felt it out as in like Instagram stalked them. And I don't even think they know each other. Like I really? I don't know how I attracted two elopement photographers. Um, but the packages are super interesting because there's so much competition in the industry. They if typically if it's an elopement because they're both destination elopements. So you have to meet this person without ever meeting them face to face, which when planning a wedding or an elopement is really tough. So they have to get their copy super on point and like personality driven without seeming scammy because you don't want to like show up in Estes Park, Colorado and like have a crappy elopement. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so important. And I'm like, this is so much fun. I wonder Uh, if that's like the universe pointing you in that kind of direction. Cause I know I wonder that's super random. And I didn't even know that was such a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm off the back. 
I know. And it's funny because they've both mentioned like business coaches within their industries too. And I'm like, there really? is such a huge, there's a niche for businesses for elopement. For people just want to run, people are running away from everybody. They just don't even want to deal with it. <laughs> I mean, so if you're listening out there and you're trying expensive. to, if you're listening out there and you're trying to figure out what to do with your life, you might consider going into elopement. Mm-hmm. I know. I was thinking about, I'm a, this is a total deviation from our conversation, but I'm a, um, an, a wedding officiant. Like I have my yeah. license, which takes all of like six minutes on the internet, by the way. But, um, <laughs> I was like, as I've been working with these folks, I'm like, I could just do this because I live near Napa half the year and usually in the summer, which is wedding season. I'm like, I could officiate elopements. Yeah, you could pick <laughs> yourself out as an elopement officiant. <laughs> like, yeah, that would no, be fun because you don't mind traveling. Some people yeah. don't love to travel. And the, of the weddings that I've done, I'm naturally in the back of the professional photos. So there are already like, I've, I don't need to do a brand shoot and this that the other for it I just I could totally do it (laughs) I think you should do it I'm all about experimenting and following the fun it sounds fun yeah yeah so Ravelers DM me for your elopement (laughs) if you're thinking of running away and getting married (laughs) I don't know sometimes I feel like people aren't even getting married anymore these days they're just like like down with the institution Yeah. Although I don't know. Sometimes I question, like I've been married for 18 years and I love my husband dearly, but the institution now that I know that it was, now that I know that it was designed to keep women under control, it sort of makes me feel like, well, why was I so into this in the first place? My husband was actually joking the other day. He's like, man, I wish I'd taken your last name. Mine is so long. We would never would have thought of that 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more freedom (laughs) now. Yeah, like uh, so the funny. one that I've done, it wasn't. I pronounce you husband and wife. It was I pronounce you married. You may now kiss each other because I like that. they were a straight couple. They're like working towards removing, um, yeah, gendered language yeah. from their wedding and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is very, lovely. very conscious. I love it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't sound weird, you know. It's still no. Up. That still it's- sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't like, I don't, I don't like when they say you may kiss your bride. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I should kiss my husband. Like, yeah. yeah. And we didn't do the giving away. We okay. asked for both sides of the family's blessing. And so, I like that too. I mm-hmm. love that. That was really nice. Yeah. Things they are, I, times they are changing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Total deviation. That's okay. I love it. That makes it fun. But, yeah. So, um, yeah. Other people I've attracted have been um I have a couple of accountants I have one lawyer um and then other people in various areas of marketing like on just you know how the online space is there's somebody who's uh specific to Pinterest marketing and she also has a course but she also has a this and a that and a template yeah. and a download so she's just kind of using me to help her stay accountable to go through and like revamp those pages and those sales sequences and look at the funnels and all that and how does that work? Because I think this is a really interesting problem that you're solving is as somebody who's come from a background in writing and I've done some copywriting, but never really considered myself a very good copywriter specifically. And I like don't, mm-hmm. cons- I understand how it works, but I'm not particularly good at it. Like I would never like stake my business on that, but <laughs> I run into the problem where I kind of get stuck in my head too. 
And if, mm-hmm. but if I do have something that I, I want to put out there, I'm still going to want a copywriter to like, just use it for the messaging and then make it good. So you're mm-hmm. saying that's kind of like what you're doing for people. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that it works is they can submit copy at any point during the week. It's a monthly membership, but they get weekly copy reviews. Um, and I always say, cause people are like, Oh, I don't know if I need it. Something once a week. It's like, well, have you ever been to a buffet and forgotten to eat the salad? Cause like, yeah, <laughs> you, you paid for the whole thing, but you don't have to eat everything. You know? Um, but you submit copy at any point during the week. So what's great is that it's when you're thinking about it. It's not like, oh, I have to submit this on Tuesday evening at five or, you know, get on a Zoom call or a coaching something or another every week, which there's a place for those. So it's not an accountability play at all. It's just, it's when you need it, it's available. It's when you need it, it's available. And on Tuesdays, I do my copy reviews for people. So they get a response by Wednesday at noon. um, And it allows me flexibility in my lifestyle because if I'm in Europe or Southeast Asia, like it's a different day for me sometimes than for other folks. So Tuesdays are my review days. And then what people get back is either I don't do edits, I don't do rights, but a lot of times it does kind of turn into, you should say literally exactly this. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) try this. (laughs) Yeah. Here's, here's an option of what you could say. Um, either in their Google doc or I'll send a loom and it's kind of a one-sided discussion of, here's what you need to go through and change, but also here's why. So it's not just paying me to edit your stuff. It's saying, here's what I would do. Here's what I would say, but here's what, like, here's the research that backs that up. Because as entrepreneurs, we're typically our own bookkeepers and our own marketing department and I'm wearing all the hats and that whole spiel. Um, But like at the bottom of that list is keeping up with trends. And that's like, that's what I do. I will literally spoon feed you the reasons why you should do stuff (laughs) so that you can do it better next time. Hey there. Sorry to interrupt. I wanted to pop in here real quick and say, thanks for being here. If you're enjoying this episode, I've got a special treat for you. You can now get early access to the full uncut Ravel radio episodes, as well as bonus conversations exploring everything from feminist entrepreneurship to neurodiverse business strategies. It's a little bit like being a fly on the wall for a really juicy conversation. And it's free. All you have to do to get the inside scoop is subscribe to our private podcast called Unraveled. To get access, just visit RavelCollective.com slash Unraveled to sign up and start listening. The link is in the show notes, and I hope to see you there. With, so there, and then like hopefully without me at some point, you know, there are trends in copywriting. Yeah, for sure. Um, like in the past, we've seen launch emails go out. We've all gotten these emails that are like a thousand words long and it's, here's every little thing that's included in this coaching program in week one and week two and week three. And now research is showing that emails with a maximum of 200 words are performing the best and getting the most action. I buy that. I buy that mm-hmm. because even LinkedIn posts that have more than a couple paragraphs and I'm guilty because I just posted one today. I rarely post, but I just had mm-hmm. a lot to say today. Um, I can't deal with it. It's too much. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. I can't deal with mm-hmm. it. And that's great that you did that because it's authentic. Like we still need to have those things sprinkled throughout or a lot of people will have anchor content. So they'll, you'll be able to send people to that post someday if you wanted to or right. whatever. Like there's a place for it for sure. But you have the highest chance of getting someone to take action on an email that's 200 words or less. Did I tell you, I don't think I told you this, but this is related. And I want to hear more about these trends in just a second here. Mm-hmm. But before I forget, I have to tell you because you'll appreciate this. You know how LinkedIn lets you do newsletters? Mm-hmm. I, I had planned on launching this like 
newsletter for a while and I was going to call it the rabbit hole. And I was going to go just like highlight things that I had found that were really cool that I thought I wanted to share with people. And then one day I got really fired up about some like LinkedIn stuff that I was seeing. And I wrote a 5,000 word like article basically that weekend. And then Monday I published it on accident as my first newsletter. So I, I sent out a 5,000 word (laughs) newsletter on accident and actually people, I think a lot of people actually read it, but it lives there forever. So yeah, (laughs) 200 words, 5,000 words, whatever. Yeah. They say that 5,000 words is an ebook. Um, like that's what you should aim for if you're publishing an ebook. So just copy paste that over to a Google doc, watch some gurus on TikTok, tell you how to do Amazon publishing. And I should, I should, I should make that a download or something. Yeah. That would be smart. I should do that. (laughs) You should put it, put it behind a, uh, very short landing page with 30 words or less. (laughs) I'm so tired of paywalls or not paywalls, obviously. I'm I'm so tired of like gated content these days though. Like, is Mm -hmm. that a trend that you see at all? People like free the content. Yeah. I mean, so you and I had this conversation previously of like, if you ask me a question, I'll tell you the answer. I like, if there's too many questions, I'll say, okay, you need to join my program. (laughs) Like, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty open with it. I don't think gated content's ever going to go away because the only thing we own is our email lists. Like, and this is something that every time Instagram crashes, you're going to have some marketing guru jump in and be like, that's why you should buy my $27 course on how to build your email list because Instagram could go away at any minute, which isn't not true, but also we have to have multi multiple channels in our marketing. That's just, yeah, we can't that's just... a fact. Um, but I... I don't think it's ever going to go away. And if you're using your email list or want to use your email list in the future, I think it's just a necessary evil is to find. Because most people won't just join your email list out of the goodness of their hearts. You're going to have to give them a reason to join it. And it's probably that like higher quality content that is behind the behind yeah. the wall. Yeah. Something you got to really want it. Mm-hmm. So what other trends are you seeing in copywriting right now? Like, which sort of leads into like what might, what we might be doing right now that we shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. So here's my favorite one right now is I do a lot of sales pages and opt-in pages, landing pages, like something that's either getting you to opt into something for free or buy something. And it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you have typically seven seconds before somebody either bounces or buys. And when I say buy, I mean, just like buy in to continue reading to see if it's something that they want but you have seven seconds to capture them. But what you need to do in those seven seven seconds, I keep saying sections, um, in that brief time is you have to tell them exactly what they're getting and why they should want it, which is basically then what you continue to do throughout the sales page or opt-in page. Um, But it's seven seconds if the average American adult is reading at between 200 and 250 words per minute, you have 30 words That's not to, much. to get them, to get them intrigued, to get a commitment from them. So a lot of times we'll see at the top of landing pages, like the ultimate bundle you never knew you needed to help you market better. And it's like, all of that is fluff. Like none of that means anything. None of that is telling me like maybe the bundle or whatever, but none of that is telling me what I'm going to get. Instead, it would be like, 
$9 a month and I'll write all of your emails for you. That's there's a um there's I a see. copywriter who has a $9 membership who that's what she does. For $9, she templates emails and sends you one a week and you basically turn it into your nurture email to your list. It's incredible. Wow. But we know in like 10 words that for $9 a month I will write all of your nurture emails for you. You know it's a monthly thing, you know how much it costs, you know what the transformation is, not just what you're getting but why you should want it. Mm -hmm. and then there's her little sales form and then it goes down and it talks and there's an example of one and whatever but you have seven seconds to help people understand how you can help them so it's not necessarily a trend as it is a best practice but what I see is that a lot of people who are not copywriters who don't have sales experience are telling people like here's a template so it'll be like the ultimate blank to help you blank so you can blank and it gets really wordy and it turns into word salad when it's been templatized versus just like. Well, it's a pattern too. Brain. It feels like a pattern that we hear a lot. It's almost like the elevator pitch pattern, right? Like da, 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 da for someone. So you can whatever. And like we, I tune out patterns that I've seen before, unless there's something that breaks the pattern. Like mm-hmm. We start to not see that stuff yeah, and yeah. just get becomes invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're hundred percent right. So for webinars, it's I'll teach you to blank in one hour or less. Boom. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's your above the fold. Like what is the outcome? Why should they want to show up? How long is it going to take? Like, so if that's sort of a best yeah. practice, what are some other what are some, I, I like, I like to hear about the mistakes. What are some mm-hmm. things that you see in copywriting that people do that they just should not be doing other than making it too long and following that pattern that's really boring and disappearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that about the pattern too, because that's, that's definitely really important. Um, I see people getting really wordy throughout their copy. I also see people focusing way too much on pain points. Mm, so there's a there's an exercise that just about everybody who <laughs> has been a solopreneur has done and you sit down and you're like this is everything like this is who my ideal audience is my ideal person her name's Kara she's blonde she lives in California she whatever and you like you name your ideal person and then you're like okay so what are her problems and it's like she's tired of doing her own marketing and she's this that the other and so you go through all of these pain points and you're supposed to get really specific and it's again we've all kind of done this exercise this as you're talking about this ad the avatar exercise like your ideal client Mm -hmm. the ideal client avatar and it's good especially if you've never like I don't know I have multiple business degrees so like if you've not run a business, if you've not thought about marketing, if you've not whatever in the past, it is, it's a decent place to start for if a lot of people. If you're brand new, it's a good place yeah. to start. Yeah. But you need to then sell to people and receive data from those people, whether it's quantifiable or qualifiable data that says, okay, but who I'm actually attracting, I thought I was attracting accountants. I'm attracting elopement photographers, right? Like, <laughs> Which I still, that kills me. <laughs> So, I mean, still professional, high-end professional service providers for sure, but just a little different than I was expecting. So how do I talk to my photographers differently than I talk to my, um, my accountants? You know, what do they need? What are their unique problems? 
But going back to the pain points thing is we'll dig into those pain points and then we'll circle back to those pain points. And it's like, typically we'll have a section where we acknowledge and agitate their pain points. But then after that, we have to begin to close the loop for people. So when we talk about closed loop is people really like to feel smart and people's brains light up when you leave a closed loop. So we're saying that's where the what if questions come in, right? So like not the pain point, this is where we would do it wrong and focus on the pain points, not are you ready to stop waking up tired every morning? But instead it's, what if you woke up stoked to hang out with your kids every day this summer? Bright-eyed and you know, your tail. Or... No coffee required. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're what ends up happening is people have their agitation section, but then they don't stop with the agitation because they've been told that the only way to show people that you know them is to show them that you understand their problems. So then they live in those problems rather than lighting people's brains up and living in the solutions. Mm. I love that living in the solutions. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Cause it doesn't feel good when somebody point, like you're not going to feel good when you're thinking about the pain, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, you understand me, but now show me where I'm going with this. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. And that's typically what I call the transformation. So there's features versus benefits. So the mm-hmm. feature is that your vacuum has a little brushy thing on it. The benefit is that it gets up all the pet hair, right? Like that's, features versus benefits. And we want to show people not like, I don't care what kind of brush my vacuum has on it. I care that it's going to even get the wired hair from the cat that has the stickiest fur like freaking <laughs> ever, right? Like <laughs> That's what I care about. So we're speaking early and often to the benefit or to the transformation. And so, yeah, there's kind of layers. There's like, don't get stuck in the pain, then don't get stuck in the features. Then you need to know the features at some point, but do your best to live in the benefit or the transformation as much as possible. And then how important is the call to action after you've, say you've got a perfect page and you've done all the things right. How important is the CTA? I think it's super important. Um, And the best thing that I've seen people do with their CTAs is instead of just like, um saying like by now is working it almost into a conversation in the copy of like so if you're ready to get all that pet hair off your carpet by now you know so it's almost like mm. it becomes part of it so or like say no more I'm in like you know I something love, like that where it's I love yeah. silly not maybe not silly but like quirky CTAs like like let's Give me go the goods. Yeah. yeah like I think mine on my website, my personal website says, talk to me goose, like on the contact, <laughs> because that's like, that's so me, but it's, it's like fun to show some personality there too. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent so. for sure. But, well, yeah. what, so do you do, do you do your program on a like kind of rolling basis? Is it, is it ongoing enrollment? Are you doing cohorts? Um, so I am. It's not a cohort. People don't, there's not a community aspect of it um, because it's meant to just be like seamlessly. Like you send it to me, I send it to you later. It shouldn't take up more of your time than what writing your copy does. It should actually save you time. So, um, but I do live launch it. So I'm live launching the last week of June 
and then closing the doors again until September. And the reason I do that is so that I can learn people's businesses because I do. That's smart. There's no onboarding fee, nothing like that, but I do want to, it's for me, it's for my capacity. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's all it is. Yeah. That's kind of nice that you do it that way because then you're not constantly on. You can Mm -hmm. take a minute and learning the person's business is really important too. So it's cool that you mentioned that because yeah. It's not like somebody's coming in and getting copywriting advice from somebody who doesn't know their voice or their ideal clients. Like you kind of know what's going on and you're saying, well, actually Mm -hmm. this person might want to hear this instead. Yeah. Yeah. And like a hundred percent, I'll admit there were a couple of people that it was a little clunky at first of like, oh, I forgot to tell you, I actually kind of have two businesses and this is for the other audience or something like that. And it's like, but that's life. You know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with clunky. No. A couple of years ago, we got ago, to work listened- together, and yeah. there's nowhere else that you can work one-on-one with a copywriter for less than two hundred dollars a month. So, like, <laughs> you know, if you're paying me, because yeah. to, to work with me one-on-one, there's a comma in the price for sure. Right. If you're paying me that, and I'm doing your copy, I'm gonna sit down. and I'm gonna know a ton about your business. Yeah. But this is this is on demand. This is you writing it. This is me giving my best advice based on the information that you've given me. So. I like to do it in live launches, um, but there is a wait list. So um, if somebody catches this after the end of June, um, I'll give you a link to put in the uh, show notes so that there's a wait list and you'll know next time it opens up probably like late. Yeah, definitely. We'll put a a link in there for sure. I was just sitting here wondering if you ever get people, like, do people realize that they need to update their cop, like look at the analytics and see if they're performing. And do you get people coming in for conversion rate optimization, like changes Mm -hmm. and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually two tiers of the membership and the VIP tier gets one quarterly call with me. And I've done that with people where we'll sit and they'll share their screen and open up their recent, um, either a sequence that they had or their nurture emails or whatever. We kind of have to filter them to be not apples to oranges, right? Like your weekly nurture email is going to have a vastly different open rate than something that's to a smaller targeted audience. So, um, but we've looked through it and been like, okay, so when you have emojis in your subject lines, people are opening them. Or if you do all lowercase, people are opening them more, or, you know, we can look at the data and see, okay, you sent 10 emails, not a single one was opened on a Sunday. Maybe as like a faith-based homeschooling mompreneur group, you don't send your emails on Sundays. (laughs) So you're actually, you're at the higher tier, you're actually offering some conversion rate optimization recommendations yourself. Mm -hmm. Nice. I love that. That's cool. Kind of making me want to join actually. You should. I would love to have you. (laughs) I should. I should. That'd be really fun. Cause I like, I got to struggle with it so, so much. And I think half of it is that I just know, I don't know that somebody is like, it'd be nice to have somebody to know that it wasn't the last, I wasn't the last person touching it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. to have other eyeballs. Cause even as a writer, like I always, I, you, you always have someone edit your stuff. You can't see your, your mistakes. You can't see yourself and your writing clearly. So it's like, you kind of mm-hmm. have to have somebody look at your stuff, even if you are a writer. So yeah, yeah I love it. Totally. It's like, you know, we probably all have that one example in our heads of like, I don't know, Campbell's Soup or like Apple. How did they send that email? Like, who's checking this stuff? Like, that was just inappropriate, you know, or whatever. And it's like, we don't always have that as entrepreneurs. Like, you know, a large company is one thing. They've got an entire marketing team 
to double check each other and, you know, maybe lean back across the cubicle and say, hey, man, does this make sense? And we just, we don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, really we don't nice always to have that, that person for some people. I love it. It sounds like you're having fun. Yeah, it's a blast. I'm I'm going to be interested to see how uh, this whole elopement angle, <laughs> I I just think it's so amazing. Like I, it's so targeted and that industry is so aligned with you and your travel passion and all of it. So it's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, where do you, where should people connect with you? We'll put a link to, to the container, to your, to your copywriting program, your membership. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I'm glad you're doing that. It's pretty unique too. I haven't seen a lot of things that look like that. So a good solution. Yeah. So we'll put a link to that. And then where can people connect with you? I mean, obviously the Ravelers can just message you. Yeah. Yeah. Ravel, obviously, but... Yeah. DM me, hit me up, tell me your favorite place to work from remotely. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you on, on Instagram or LinkedIn? Instagram is my primary platform. I'm at okay. nomad.copy and then Samantha Burmeister on LinkedIn. And I think my picture is the same on Ravel as it is on LinkedIn. So you'll know okay. it's me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited for you. Thank you for coming and hanging out with me. And um, we'll have to do this again soon. For sure. Thanks, Kara. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to join our private podcast, Unraveled. That's where you'll get early access to the raw, unedited Ravel radio conversations, as well as bonus content. It's totally free and easy to subscribe. Just visit ravelcollective.com slash unraveled to sign up.